At RBC Wealth Management, they believe financial security begins by building a plan you can trust. Their financial advisors provide advice customized to your needs. So no matter where you are in life, you can depend on their expertise to help build a wealth plan that's right for you. Let them build your plan today. Call the Quigley Group at the Eau Claire office of RBC Wealth Management at 715-858-7788 to see how they can help. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. And hello everyone, Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. Scott Montesano with you. And as always, this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Our summer editions are now upon us. And again, still coming to you each and every Tuesday and Thursday for the next uh, little while. But no uh, video feed for everybody until uh, the end of August. So uh, think of it as a, as a throwback, if you will, to back in the, in the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s on television, in which uh, television pretty much shut down <laughs> in the summer months, uh, but not quite. Remember, we're not going anywhere. We'll still be with you, but podcast only for the next uh, uh, two and a half months like we did the last uh, year. Uh, you still get your Audible chocolate a couple of times a week, and as we have seen over the last uh, few days, there's always something to talk about. We'll get to all of it. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Eau Claire Hometown Media on Spotify and iHeart. Get all of these locally made podcasts right to you. Uh, that Marcon Unleashed podcast, uh, which uh, the one that dropped this last Monday doesn't talk about it, but that one next Monday I'm sure is going to have a lot to talk about. We will uh, touch on that here in a moment. You've got a new banker with a beer coming up later on this week. Coffee at the Cottage has been extremely popular. If you haven't checked, uh, checked that one out, uh, you want to do that as well. So lots to get to. Obviously, we were not with you last week as we took the Memorial Day week off, but we're with you for the next uh, several weeks in a row. And a number of things to touch on uh, briefly. And, and, and first and foremost, you've got the Chippewa Valley Air Show, which by all accounts, uh, was very successful once again, and a, a significant part of it benefits the, the Boy Scouts, and there's people that come from all over the, the region, and I'm sure there's a, a nice economic impact for the area from the air show, and it's just cool for the area to have, and it's it's something that even if you did not go up to the airport, and, 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 and sure as, as God, I wasn't going to go all the way up there to the to, to the to the to the mess that it is around there, but it's worth it if you are able to get into the into the crowds. But everybody in the area didn't necessarily see the show, but you could feel the show, you could hear the show. I think everybody has a story of of seeing the Blue Angels zipping around, or or what they thought to be the Blue Angels zipping around town doing their practice maneuvers. Uh, you could hear the jets. Uh, on uh, over the weekend, and you knew something big was in town, and that's always good for any community. You want to have events, and even if it's something that you're not going to go to, the more events you have, 
the more there is something that's going to come along that you go to. And of course, for those who did go to the air show, a memory. Uh, that is uh, fun to have the air show. First time the air show has been back in a couple of years, and that is really becoming an area staple. Uh, they've been lucky getting the Blue Angels again and again and again. Uh, but uh, the Chippewa Valley Air Show, uh, I have not seen any any numbers or anything like that. But by all accounts, a huge success. Uh, summertime is upon us. Uh, the splash pad I saw is open now at uh, Haymarket Plaza. So the splash pad is open there. And that's just one of a, a few uh, summer accoutrements in the region that has opened or is uh, about to open, and you can tell we're within the summer months. Even just the last couple of days, uh, you could see more kids running around neighborhoods, uh, more uh, kids running about on Monday. Yeah, school is out. We're in summer vacation uh, for the kid for the kiddos now. And you got the splash pad open at Haymarket Plaza. Uh, you know, we'll talk in a moment about area swimming pools and a decision made. Uh, a little while ago in the city of Eau Claire, we didn't get a chance to talk about it. That I think is necessary, uh, but you're getting those things open and summer is upon us. Now, before we go into that, did want to touch on this briefly. And I think he's talking about it enough that he can defend himself and rightfully so. But I don't think it's it skirted by our eyesight, the news that dropped really on Saturday. And that is that Dan Markon, who obviously hosts uh, our wildly popular podcast series, Markon Unleashed, was listed on that hit list of the suspect who murdered that judge downstate. The suspect had a, and, and uh, WQOW has done a good job of covering this story very well uh, out of their Madison affiliate. This suspect, had a hit list, and it included uh, both Republican and Democratic uh, people, mostly Democratic politicians, but Dan Markon is definitely not a, a Democrat. Uh, they had, it had a hit list of various uh, political leaders, and it included a few people that are not prominent figures as well. And Dan Markon was on the list. Uh, Dan Markon telling uh, the ABC affiliate out of Madison that uh, he was contacted by the FBI about it, that he's on the list. Uh, no real word yet as to why Dan Marcon was on the hit list. Uh, Dan Marcon kind of throwing out there, speculating that he might be on the list because he was against Ron Johnson on certain things. Obviously, the Republican senator from our state, uh, but no word yet as to why they're still going to try to find pieces together as to why all these certain individuals were on this list. The The thing is, though, it that jars you. That definitely jars you. And I was warned by looking at all of the comments on WQOW. Now, Dan, Dan Marcon, we have him on our program. Well, not our program, but his podcast, and we host it, uh, is a figure that speaks his, speaks his mind and, of course, is running for Chippewa County 
sheriff speaks his mind, always has spoken uh, his mind. Uh, he's not, and again, I listen to each and every one of his podcasts because we have it. He's not as controversial as I think people assume. Now, does he have political leanings that maybe do not agree with, uh, with you? Absolutely. That's the same with everybody. Uh, but he has, at least on our podcast, very measured thoughts about everything. I, but that all that being said, Dan Markon in the area can be somewhat of a controversial figure as any owner of a gun shop is. The, if, it, if there's any market I've ever been in, if you have a gun shop and the owner of the gun shop is outspoken, automatically they are a polarizing figure because of the gun debate. And we do not have to touch on that. Uh, I think there's an awful lot of discussions going on about the gun debate uh, on a national level that obviously impacts locally, uh, but we will stay clear of that for right now because we got other things that we can talk about. But because of that debate, you automatically have a polarizing figure. I was warned by seeing the comments on WQOW's Facebook page of support for Dan Markon because everybody, well, for the most part, a lot of people that wrote, Noted one thing, Dan Markon's a you know big guy. You, if, you, if you saw him in a back alley, you would get a little worried. He's you know the the the, the he's a teddy bear. Having gotten to know him in the last uh, several months, the, the guy's a teddy bear. Uh, loves his family, loves his community, obviously loves his country. Uh, he's a tough guy. Don't get me wrong, he is a tough guy, but he's not a, an agitator. He's not a bully. All right, he will very much defend himself. He'll defend everything else, but he, he's not a bully. He's not an agitator. And uh, I was worried when this news came out that you would see a lot. You know, you'd see a lot of people kind of like, well, he gets what he deserves. Thank goodness that's not the case. Uh, so hopefully everything works out for for Dan. I mean, it's it's scary for anybody. Imagine if you ended up on a hit list. I mean, just think about that. And there's nothing that says that Dan couldn't have been the first guy on the list that this suspect went for. He ended up going for that judge uh, instead. And of course, we'll follow that story, and, and I and I know Dan's going to talk about it uh, on his podcast, and he will record. Uh, actually, his podcast will record later this week. It'll drop uh, next Monday. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what he uh, discusses uh, about that. Uh, but you know, obviously, uh, hope everything works out for the best uh, for for Dan Markon. And it, it, again, it goes down to this: uh, everybody, cool your jets on all this stuff. Uh, you know, on a, on a more on a much much less severe notion, you got those wackos led by Lori Pika Worth, uh, you know, challenging the Eau Claire School Board with some really archaic uh, legalese. I mean, settle down. All right, control more than live your life. Stop worrying about taking things from other people. Well, speaking of attic, let's turn course here. We're in the summer months we talked about before. We've had the debates here locally about pools. Of course, up in Chippewa Falls, the municipal municipal pool up there slated to be closed at the end of the year. That that debate still has a ways to go. But one of the reasons that they're closing that pool, it's harder to get lifeguards. Eau Claire's noted the same thing. It's hard to get lifeguards. 
The city of Eau Claire has uh, made the decision a couple weeks ago, the city council approving it, uh, paying the lifeguards more this year at Fairfax Pool. And I think it's up, it, it's, some, it's somewhat significant. It's something from, it's like $15 now up from $10. That's not exact, but it's, it's, it, they're being paid about $15 an hour up from around 10. And it's necessary. The issue is impacting pools all over, the lack of getting the lifeguards. And it's, it's different now. You have more competition out there to get people to do something. You what's you had you've had rising costs everywhere. You got to raise costs for everything, and that includes employees. I do want to touch on this though, because a lot of people will again kind of scratch their heads and go, "Well, this was never an issue when I was growing up, getting kids to work and all that." We began to see this. I saw this working with the Old Car Express five six years ago, that we were not getting the applications from teenagers that we had gotten 15 years prior. And you were already starting to, I've seen this in another market I've just been at. Starting around, let's say 10 years ago, you began to see a big drop off in the number of quote unquote, summer help. That the 16, 17, 18 year old that used to do a job in the summer isn't doing that job now. They're not signing up for that job. And we've talked about this on this program before, but you haven't seen them signing up for that job. And it's not because kids aren't just lazy. That's, that's on your end, a lazy argument. It's not because parents are coddling their kids. Things have changed. Situations have changed. Kids don't need the job right now. And it's not because their family's well off and they don't need the money, but they're getting experience. They're getting opportunities to do things in a variety of other realms now. Some are very active in sports. And even if they're not doing an active sport in the summer, this might be their one or two months where they have a chance to refresh. That's, that's not a bad thing. The family's going to go on some trips and the family's going to do more family time. Other people are actively involved in some sort of sport during the summer. Others are actively involved in any other number of activities. A lot of kids are involved in things. And then you've got others that are already pushing towards maybe something that they are already thinking they want to do as they get older, some are already taking on quasi uh, uh, apprenticeships or internships, and they don't want to just be a lifeguard or go flip burgers, if you will. They don't necessarily want to do that. It's not that kids are, are, are inheriting lazy. And now you do have, I'm not going to be, I'm, I'm we could have a whole other debate about this too. I do think there is a pocket of kids that you also don't get to do any jobs because we have also had a segment of the population that the kids don't do anything because the parents never wanted to get them involved in anything because the parents, uh, for any number of reasons, did not want to drive them to things and get them signed up to sports when they were in kindergarten or music and all that. And that goes down to... Uh, family situations and things like that. And that's another debate we could have that could go off the rails. Uh, but 
by and large, the reason you're having a hard time getting workers for any summer jobs is because you just don't have the pool that you used to have. And in the case of the lifeguards, that is more specialized than, say, getting someone to work the front counter of, a, of an ice cream shop. Uh, another story I wanted to get on here, because this is one of those, you know, kind of a sensationalized story. And uh, these are the sort of stories we don't necessarily talk about a lot, but I think these are, for lack of a better term, the fun stories, because you can all, because you can kind of, it's something that's more relatable to you and I. This is a very relatable story. Uh, it's never happened to me, but it could easily happen to me. Uh, over in Altoona, issue with a, a contractor. Uh, Altoona police contend that a Travis Farmer, he is a contractor out of Chippewa Falls, never did a roofing project that he was initially paid $5,000 for. A client hired Farmer and paid him in early March. Needed a roofing project done. Hired Farmer got him recommended by somebody and hired him in March. Farmer was paid up front and agreed to start the job the following week. Now that's already... I don't want to say a red flag, but I know when when my wife and I did our, our big siding project, and a shout out to Liberty Exteriors, did it, uh, uh, what, about three, four years ago, uh, you, you, know, you you put some money down up front, but it was most, it's being paid off, you get loans and all that, uh, but he paid this guy up front $5,000, paid him cash up front $5,000. The client says the job was never started, paid this guy the money, week or so goes by, no, no sign of, of the guy. The client also then contends that Farmer, shortly thereafter, asked for more money. Said, hey, you gave me the initial 5000 but I need more money because material costs have gone up. And that is understandable. We see it all in the news. So the client paid Farmer another $3,000. And then after he had paid him roughly $8,000, he couldn't get a hold of Farmer and in early April contacted police. So basically a month from when the initial agreement was made to early April, early March to early April. You've got your classic case of client paid somebody to do something and this somebody has not fulfilled and has not been reaching out to the client. Now, I bring this up because you initially think, especially if you read just the first few paragraphs of the story and all that, you initially think this Travis Farmer got paid up front and he should do the damn job. And I'm still inclined to think that, all right? No matter what, he, I, he he's going to have a hard time arguing that he's in the right here. Because even if there's a number of delays and things aren't happening and you're having a hard time getting maybe a crew put together to do the job, your client should never feel as though, you know, your client should always be kept up the, up to, up the snuff. However, there may be an explanation that isn't so devilish. Perhaps this Travis Farmer is an horrible organizer and a horrible business person. They're not inherently a thief. They just might just be terrible at what they do. <laughs> now that doesn't make you innocent, but they just might be terrible at what they do. 
again, it is conceivable that this guy, this Travis Farmer, being on his own is hustling and taking any job. Perhaps he's overextended. We'll see if there's other jobs. That, <clears throat> the key is, too, is that the investigators are going to find out if there's other jobs he hasn't done or if there's other jobs he was doing. We'll see. You can't forget the, the legit issue with materials and getting help. But again, I come back to this because your initial thought is that Travis Farmer is guilty. There's maybe an explanation out of it, but here is the hammer to the whole thing. When Travis Farmer was contacted by police, Travis is quoted as telling police, maybe I have the money, maybe I don't. And he stopped talking to police. If it, that, is, that is what the police put in their report. If he really told that to police, quite cavalier, by the way, uh, you, you know, you leave the story with a good suspicion this guy is a piece of crud. And that's not really a defense. Maybe I have the money. Maybe I don't have the money. That's, if anything, a admission of guilt. <laughs> Very likely, it's a lack of communication. Uh, I want to throw this out there. Um, I always, I, I very much disdain the argument of victim shaming. I do not like that. I think people hide behind that in, in very, very serious and mundane arguments all the time. The client isn't at fault here. Uh, Travis Farmer did something wrong. The question will be whether it's criminal. But let this be the lesson. There are lots of reputable businesses out there. I mentioned Liberty Exteriors. There's a bunch of others. Reputable businesses that are out there. Yes, there are many individual contractors that are good, that you've got a friend of a friend. And many of those contractors came from these said businesses before they went off on their own. But always go with the larger company. If you're going to do something with your your, your, your patio, if you're going to want to put in siding, you want to do something with the roof, you, all those sort of things. You want to fix a light bulb in your house, go hire the individual handyman. That's fine. You're going to want to get your driveway resealed or new concrete. You might want to go get one of the larger companies. That's what I'm saying. Go with the larger company. They are all local. They're family run. Are there a few that uh, depending on what they are, they are a national brand or, or something to do research and see where the money's going. But even the national brand, you feel safe about it because not, many have accredited financing options. You don't get the tomfoolery you have here. Somebody isn't getting a check and putting it in their personal account. Uh, stay with the national, not the national, but the larger companies. And there's always been issues with the larger companies too. People contend somebody they they hired somebody, but there's more there's more contracts that are written out. There's more of a paper trail that is written out, and you're more than likely not saving money by hiring an individual contractor who shows up in a truck with a hand painted sign on the side of it. That's not to mean that. Every contractor out there is some evil guy. That's a stereotype and what have you. Many of them are very good. They left another company for any number of reasons. Maybe they've got a very good track record. But 
try to stay with the larger ones unless you are positively sure you know that contractor. And you get the, the feeling in this situation, this client at least claims that he, he did not know Farmer and it was a neighbor of his that recommended Farmer. Couple of things we didn't touch on uh, today. We'll get to them on Thursday. Uh, you know, the former DA Gary King is clapping back, um, namely on the uh, the Jessica Bryan uh, accusations of sexual harassment uh, in the office. Uh, we'll touch again on it on on Thursday. Uh, on that, uh, the Oakwood Area School District Board got together on Monday night. They're talking facility improvements, November referendum. We'll touch on that. And, of course, there's going to be some other things that will pop up between now and then. Water, the water bottling plant uh, community discussion is uh, is happening uh, <clears throat> in, the, in the area. I think uh, everything's leading towards uh, our area saying maybe nay-nay uh, on that. Uh, <clears throat> at the end of the day, I think uh, you want to get jobs into an area. You want to have... Uh, well, you want to get any type of job you can, uh, but I think uh, the reason I am a little sketchy, not sketchy of it, is that you really want to, the, the out-of-state component is a key thing there. Now, it's not nothing wrong with an out-of-state business coming in. That's good, I mean, outside money coming in, but uh, being a, a California uh, brand, and it could have been a Maryland brand or a, even a Minnesota brand, coming in and taking a, a resource is uh, is key there taking the water i think that kind of throws some people off but we'll have more discussion uh, on that and don't forget coming up in just a little while we're gonna have more discussion on that town of washington development and the possible annexation but that's going to do it for us today on talk of the town on behalf of everyone who made the podcast possible i'm scott montesano saying there's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day make sure to take advantage of it and until thursday so long